Here we are. Guys, we're we're just like since we've started this show, I feel like it's made us better people cuz we we have goals and we've been doing them. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. We just we we set a goal and we accomplish it. And I'll tell you this much, most of the goals I set, I don't accomplish. Yeah, most of them. Yeah. 98% of my goals Never happen. You yeah, I noticed like three that. Three hours a day writing goals down. Yeah, yeah I do. I know. <laughs> I, I do have way too many goals. It's really <laughs> annoying. But but we said we want to have someone on the show that we hadn't met. None yep. of us really had a connection to. Yep. And it was someone that was um kind of a stranger to us. You know. Yes. Yes. And here we are. We have that person. Yes, we did. Dean Palmer Jr., local lighting designer, has worked for. Lots of different community theaters, and I mean, if you look at his resume, it, it, it it's bountiful. Yeah, it really was. I mean, he's been everywhere. He started in Connecticut. He's he's been at theaters in Rhode Island, and now he's working a lot for the company in theater Norwell. in Norwell, Massachusetts. It's great. I've been there before. It's wonderful. Bountiful, great word for this Thanksgiving week. Ooh. Yes. Well, that's why I used it. You know. Oh sure. Ba- yeah. A, cor- a cornucopia of a- community <laughs> theaters <laughs> on nice. his resume. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And for you theater folks out there, there is uh, there is ample amounts of technical speak in here too, um, more than we usually talk. So I think that's uh, something, to be, anyway. something to be grateful for. <laughs> well, no, it was so nice to talk to somebody that we didn't know. And then I believe Joe, you said that it was great because we didn't focus. We it was community. Right. It wasn't focused on one. Right theater mm-hmm. one project or something like that it just it was a really great conversation it was a lot of fun to have him come in he brought us macarons yeah not macaroons no. macarons and we're not going to go into that anymore because you're going to have to find out what the difference is yourself by listening to this episode. But we touched on a lot of different topics. We touched on some technical things, lighting things. Uh, we talked about the rivalry between uh, lighting designers and, and the curmudgeon sound designers. Yep. And uh, yeah, no, it was it was a good time. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and I'll tell you this much. Anyone who works with Dean, like, and, or and he himself, like I, after hearing him speak about lights, like I feel like I, I want to go down the rabbit hole and just like learn about lights. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, he definitely. Got, he got me excited about it. I, I trust that he and anyone he works with, they, they, they put out a good product. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I, I didn't, I don't think we were had finished recording when I said this to him, but like I'd love to work with him at some point. Agreed. Absolutely. And I think, um, I mean, when we were done recording, we talked for another hour. Yeah. Like, about, yeah. yeah. We, 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 we went down another rabbit hole and just kind of, we, we're sitting here and we looked at our watch and we're like, hey, we got to get going. So we kicked him out. Um, we did. We, but we he's sent him on his back way. Anytime. He is. He is welcome back as long as he brings more uh, treats. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. That's the only stipulation. Maybe that's what we should do on every episode now. Anyone who's a guest has to bring us a treat. I mean, that does, that's not good. Because it was already <laughs> so... Diet. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And it was already so easy to get guests. So now we'll... And right, we'll, right. well, now so we're going to force hurdles. them yeah, yeah, to... Yeah, uh, yeah, you we, can only come on the show if you do yeah, this. They don't give us a rider. We give them <laughs> what you need to bring us to be on our show. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh man! Well, there it is. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey. Enjoy your stuffing. Enjoy your pie. Your cakes. Your what else you got? Yeah. Your creamed corn. Your, your football. Your football. Your got- you know what? Your decorating of the Christmas tree. Is it too early? Once the day after Thanksgiving, is that the day to do the decorating? Oh, I'll if probably, you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I if think you that's can, fair. Like, I, I might put, uh, probably put that up before Thanksgiving, but I, not decorate it until Thanksgiving night, yeah, or Friday, yeah, yeah, with some Hallmark movies on. Love it. I, I would say, yeah, I, I get that. I, I'm, I'm of the camp of as soon as Halloween is done, you can just go all Christmas. You can uh, decorate the tree. Oh, really? You can put it on. Yep, I'm, I'm I of res- that I mean, camp. Yeah, sure. 
Wow. I, yeah. I, I, but I do think holding it till Thanksgiving weekend allows some ceremony to the weekend. Sure. I think so too. And, I mean, and, but I, so I, because if, if you're already decorated, you're not going to stop eating your turkey sandwiches, and you'd be out of leftovers really quick. Mm. You got, you got to take your time there. That's true. That is a very, very that accurate is a point. good life lesson. But, but my thing is, by the time Thanksgiving weekend is over, by the time I work after Thanksgiving, yep. And for me, it's it's the past couple of years in this new industry. Um, it's been Monday morning after Thanksgiving. I get the Friday off. Yep. I'm completely ready for Christmas. Yes. I mean, yeah. House is decorated. Trees up, decorated. We even got some Christmas presents wrapped under the tree. We've already watched three or four movies and listened nice. to Love a it. couple of different albums. At Love that point. it. That's yeah. No, that's the way to do it. So, yeah. You know what? While you're decorating your Christmas tree in between uh Christmas carols or Christmas songs or your throw Hallmark on, movies or your Hallmark movies throw on this episode delve into the world of lights and enjoy folks there it is Thank now you. i got a buzz but you know what i think that's just the buzz surrounding this episode yeah. the first time we've had a lighting designer on Woo-hoo. yeah exactly and the sound is just rebelling it, that's right. there's it, a reason why i'm not a sound guy <laughs> oh do sound guys and lighting guys do they have like a natural like is it like a capulets and montagues thing? Not necessarily. Is there like that natural uh not rivalry? I did tell my son who's eight that he can never be a sound guy. Well it sounds <laughs> like I mean that sounds like you're instilling some sort of prejudice in him Maybe. at a young age. Maybe. So that's how it goes. The Hatfields McCoys, all of it. It's gonna be like sixteen years old, come home with the first girlfriend or whatever, and but, but dad they're their families into sound. <laughs> Get out. Get out of my house. <laughs> Never come back. What are, what are your hobbies? Oh, I'm an audiophile. <laughs> How dare you? Get out. Get out. You know Get out. It's, it's, I think it's because sound is one of those things that I've never been able to wrap my head around. Because like lighting, I can see the light. I can't see sound. I can hear it, and my ears suck. So it's, I could make a light a different color or put a light in a different place, but sound... Uh, if there's yeah. a little hum or I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> Neither do we apparently. <laughs> yeah, we are we are makeshift sound guys. We we are sound guys at the community theater level where like just someone who knows how to plug in XLRs can just like right. run the soundboard essentially. Right. <laughs> Joe's got a little more background than I do, but Hey, that got better. Yeah? It got slightly yeah. better. Look at that. Joe's just moving around some wires. This is what we talked about. As someone who likes sound, I got I got to jump back into this conversation. Yes. So the issue is that sound guys, if everything goes right, no one ever looks at a sound guy after a show is like, hey, good job, man. Like, they're invisible. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I think sound guys in general are bitter because of that. So they walk around angry all of the time. I was at um, Birdland Jazz in New York City like a month and a half ago. Uh-huh. Trisha, we went to go see the Hot Sardines play there, and uh, it was a great show. But like we got there early enough to get a couple of drinks and watch them like set up the sound and stuff. And like these guys are in like the jazz venue in New York City, like it's been around forever, and like so many like Chuck Mangione play like so many people play there. Um, and they're just so mad. <laughs> like they're storming around this place. Like um, the trombone player wants a mic now too. Like like it's a ridiculous ask. So it's like it. So it's it goes all the way to the top. Yeah, it's it's kind of fair because I I think of all the lighting folks that I've met and they're generally pretty like jovial, nice people. <laughs> well, because like I've left a show, I'm like, wow, the lighting in that show. Oh, 
Like that really made it. That really well, makes the scene. And that's what's funny is that sometimes, you know, you get a review and you're like, oh, they didn't mention the lighting. I guess they did okay. As long as they're not saying it, the lighting stunk. Or, right, right. Or I couldn't see somebody. Or that's great. Um, you don't often get the, ooh, the lighting was beautiful. Sure, yeah, that sure. Kind of thing. That's fair. That is totally fair. Oh, man. Now I'm getting mad again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just thinking about doing so- Right, right, right. This explains a lot now. Now, I, now that I'm seeing the inner workings of the sound guy. Um, so, Dean, thanks for coming. Appreciate no you being thanks here today. Me. This is, uh, it was funny. I was joking with, with, uh, with Joe upstairs before, you know, you got here. And you stumbled onto our little podcast here. Yeah. Because of Holly Cardoza. Yep. Uh, is it two years now? I've lost track. All the shows merged together. Yeah, they I do. did the design for Hair at Company Theater. Yes. And oh, okay. she came here during that time to kind of talk about the show and just talk. Sure. And she had posted on our cast Facebook page, like, hey, I'm going to be on this podcast. And I was like, ooh, I like podcasts. And I started listening. I've been listening ever since. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well, thanks. But hey. I didn't know if he existed. I thought I thought that we could have possibly been like catfished. Oh. <laughs> by a lighting designer? Yeah, by oh, a lighting, lighting designer. designer. The, you know, somebody that just had nothing to do, created this whole persona, right. created a website. Right. A fake resume. Twenty years of experience. And Twenty has, years of experience. And has right. just been <laughs> like, like a, yeah, like deep, yeah. deep going into this. Reprinted and, playbills with yeah. his name in it. <laughs> right. Hired a family, took pictures That's with right. them, put it on the website. <laughs> I was like, ooh, here we go. And but so it's it's I'm very happy to find I'm out that you are you're real. Uh, so I, I thought we were just gonna find out that Dean's your son. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh that's the big reveal, the big uh Maury <laughs> moment. Um so yeah, this is interesting for us because you know, we have you're strictly technical. Yeah. I don't think we've had have we had anybody like that on the show? I don't think so. We've had people like that, you know, dabble. dabble. Right. <laughs> Look at that! Wow! Wow! We're, Let's uh, try it again. Dabble. <laughs> oh, I thought we were gonna say something different. Oh, another word. Oh, no, okay. no. No, Dabble's right. the only word in my head now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we've had people that have, you know, had interests in it, right. and and you know, in community theater, you have to do, you have to wear a lot of different hats. Like, but you strictly lighting. Uh, I dabble in a couple of other <laughs> things um but mostly lighting yeah you know i've td'd a couple of shows i've built some sets i've done really bad sound for some things um and you know projections but mostly my life is lighting when it comes to theater so how did you get into that um so uh, long way around in high school we were kind of the like private high school boys you know we're gonna go do stage crew woohoo, and we're gonna go build sets and then I did a lot of sound then and did not do it well. When I got to college, uh, I had to take that like theater 100 class. And yep. I was like, you know, I don't know anybody. I was a commuter to college. I didn't know anybody yet. And uh, I went to my theater 100 class and I was like, hey, how do I get involved in theater? And the guy sitting behind me was the master electrician for the theater. And he goes, oh, we need a spotlight operator for Little Shop of Horrors. And I was like, great, I'll totally do that. I can run spotlight. And then I just never left. And then, you know, six and a half years for my undergrad because I spent way too much time in the theater, (laughs) (laughs) skipping class and going to theater instead, Um, just kind of have always lived in it. Um, Out of college, I kind of tried to do it professionally for a little bit, and I did. Um, And then there was a point when I said, you know, what is more important to me? Do I want, you know, to live on the road or do I want to have a family? And I said a long time ago, I wanted to do a family. So when I met my wife and we got married and we had our first child, I had to kind of get what she calls my big boy job, where I work in IT for schools. Um, but yeah. but that's know. great because that gives you the freedom to continue to do you know what you're passionate yeah. about. Yeah. So it's it's nice because it doesn't you know necessarily have to pay the bills. I can do it when I want to, um, or you know like now where I'm a resident designer in a theater, I can 
once a month I'm in tech and then I go home and I can do the rest of my life and my wife gets, you know, uh oh, you're gone for a week. How are we going to deal with three kids while you're gone for the week? But for the most part, it works out. Yeah. Uh, so you said that when you got out of when you got out of college after the six and a half years of fun, <laughs> that um, you start you tried to do professionally, uh, yes. like work professionally, but it had to be on the road strictly. Is no, that no? no. Or just... was that is that just the? Basically, what I want to know is: is it the same like? You know, off stage, backstage, you know, where it's really difficult to find professional work as like in comparison to being on stage and being a performer. I don't think it's difficult to find professional work. Yeah. The whole thing about, you know, it's similar to, to, to acting is if you're a good person, you're nice to work with, you'll get hired. Yeah. Um, if, if you're a jerk, you're going to do a couple of gigs and you won't be asked back. You know, a lot of times when I was working at theaters and I'd come from my first time in the theater, we'd be on a focus call. And no matter how long, even today, probably if I walked into a theater, I'd be standing on the bottom of a ladder making sure that somebody didn't need something. I'd be ground crew because they want to make sure that you're competent. They want to make sure that yeah. you know know what a crescent wrench is, know what a Phillips head screwdriver is, that kind of stuff. Um, and if you're, you know, a nice person to get along with, they'll ask you back and then you'll do more stuff. Um, but for the most part, it it was a lot of gigging around. So mm -hmm. I worked, I, I, I'm from Connecticut originally, so I did a lot of like, worked at this theater, this theater, this theater. People that I knew were like, oh, well, I'm doing a call at Hartford Stage. We need an extra person, come on up. And then once you're there, you get called back over and over. Um, and I did that for a long time. And then I got a job as a master electrician at a theater in Hartford. Um, and then that's when I met my wife and everything kind of, you know, moved along. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you you have you utilized those skills like being a master electrician? Does that translate to film or television, or is it strictly just stage? It can. It okay. Can. Yeah, I haven't done that because I just never really got into it. I have friends that you know worked on. Um, they filmed one of the Indiana Jones movies in New Haven, um, not the last one, but the one before the Crystal Skull, the Shia LaBeouf, the oh, Shia LaBeouf one. Yeah. People loved that one. People loved that. Did one. they? No. no. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Wait, that was the one with uh, was that Kate Blanchett? Yes, she's in that and yep. the aliens, yep. right? And he gets blown up in the refrigerator and lives. Yeah, yeah. No, That's there's the aliens, isn't there? Oh, yeah. aliens? I, didn't, I didn't watch it. Oh, you didn't yeah. watch it? I didn't oh. see it either. I'll, I'll add it to the list. You know, yeah. it's funny watching it. We actually, <laughs> this is funny. We were in college when that came out. I had three or four friends that worked on that. They were like grips. Like, they just kind of did whatever. Yeah. One of them used to tell me all the time, oh, I had breakfast with Shia LaBeouf this morning. And I'm like, you didn't have breakfast with them. You were at, you know, craft services. And we had a bagel <laughs> and we chatted for a minute. But um, we went, we were in New York for uh, a showcase. We used to do these showcases off, off, off Broadway, somewhere off of Ninth Ave. And um, we went to like the midnight showing of that movie in Times Square. And everyone's like, oh, this is going to be great. And then afterwards, uh, they're all sitting there, and it was quiet after the house lights came up. And we're watching the credits, and they stopped, and they went, hey, guys, we're not in the credits. And they were like, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's when But you it know. does translate. I mean, it's a little slightly different. Like, I've done a couple of video shoots and stuff like that, but nothing. My passion is, like, theater. It's like the live. Like, you can edit movies. You can, you know, take a couple of takes, but it's the live performance that I like. If I screw something up, you know I screwed something up. Or, yeah. You know. <laughs> What's your greatest I screwed this up story? Oh, boy. So, I, I wouldn't say I screwed anything up. But my great story is when I was in college, uh, and I'll try not to get too technical with this because I can go off on technical tangents. But we were using a lighting technical room. stuff in there. All Throw right, it in okay. there a little bit. <clears throat> so we were using um, an ETC Obsession lighting console, which is this big console that um, it was like before moving lights came out. Um, you were just kind of lights up and lights down, all the yeah. incandescents and stuff like that. And at the time, everything was saved on a floppy disk, a three and a uh, three and a quarter <sighs> floppy. Um, but they had an onboard hard drive. And we were kind of already, the performance was already going. We were like two or three shows in. And I walked in, you know, my two-hour call, turned on the board, and nothing happened. And I was like, oh, no. Okay. Uh. So I unplugged it, plugged it back in, turned on the board, nothing happened. 
Okay. So I called our master electrician at the theater and I said, Hey, um, the lighting board isn't turning on. He goes, Oh, okay. He goes, here's what you're going to do. You're going to unscrew the top and you're going to lift it open. I said, yeah. He goes, there's a screwdriver over on the right in the pencil cup. Okay. Take the back of the screwdriver. Okay. And I want you to push the power button and tap on the hard drive. And I was like, okay. So I did that and nothing happened. I said, okay. He goes, did it start up? I said, no. He goes, okay, I'm at dinner. Let me go get the check. He goes, go to the black box and get the other lighting board and bring it in and start plugging stuff in and I'll be there in a little while. It's like, okay. So here we are two hours before the show's about to start, an hour before the house opens, and we were doing uh, cabaret. And it was my first show as a lighting board programmer. So I knew enough to get myself in trouble. Um, and so he came in and we started programming stuff. And he goes, all right, well, here I put on some submasters, some lights for the different areas. So you can light up the different areas and then just kind of follow along with the show and do it live. And then, you know, we'll, we'll worry about it later. And I was like, well, we just spent like weeks teching this show. He goes, yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Because at the time... It wasn't so that you could take a file from one board and put it on another board, because if they were different models of board, it wouldn't work. And the one that we grabbed, again, technical, was an Express console, which is the same manufacturer, but a different language. Um, so during Act 1, I, in blind, which is a mode you could put the board in where you're doing stuff and it's not happening on stage, I kind of programmed all like the gobos and some of the other backlight and our scrollers and some of the other front light and stuff like that that we didn't have in there. And then I was like, well, if I'm here already, I'm going to put some cues in. So I wrote some cues. So by the time we got to intermission, I had kind of caught up and like had some, you know, basic lighting. It wasn't what we had before, but the important stuff was there. We got to intermission and all through intermission, I just started programming, programming, programming. And at the end of the show, I had the final look of, we had all this like these barbed wire gobos that were across the stage in this red light and everyone was in a silhouette. And it looked beautiful. And the designer was there. He had come up. When he heard that there was a problem, he had come to the show. And he goes, hey, you fixed the board? And I said, no. And he came up to the booth and he's like, oh, oh, you, were you doing that live? And I said, yeah, you know, I did it in blind and did it live and kind of just made it all work. And he goes, wow, it was a great job. <laughs> and then I got a phone call the next morning from the, the technical director for the theater. And he goes, do you want a job on our house crew? And I was like, sure. Wow. Oh, awesome. And that Not was my bad. first like lighting job. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. That like, were, you know, and I worked for the theater for after I graduated, so probably for like 8 years or so after that. Oh Which theater gosh. was this? Uh Lyman Center for the Performing Arts in New Haven. It's oh. part of Southern Connecticut State University. Okay, part of the yeah. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. The idea of dealing with something like that 2 hours before <sighs> Is like anxiety inducing. Oh, know, yeah. But also like adrenaline pumping. Like, yeah, let's see yeah. if this thing works. And I think that's what it is about live theater for me is yeah. it's like there's a chance that something's going to happen. And not that I want something to happen, but when it does, that's like where my brain just hones in on it. Right. Because like, you can design a show, you can get it ready, you can, the lighting can look great. And but that's only like part of what they pay you for, right? Right. So like it, to to deal with a problem when it happens is where you actually like earn your reputation. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, that that is cool. Hey, if we're on the technical track here, I think I've got a great technical <laughs> question here, and uh, I know everyone at home has been just itching to hear this, and I know everyone's been listening to all our episodes and they're thinking to themselves. When are they going to ask this question? When is it going to be addressed? When yeah. is it going to be addressed? Like, when are we going to talk about it? And, you know, we're about 25 minutes into this episode, and we haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> so it's important to, to, to finally ask this big question, and I hope I don't offend you, but um, can you explain in the uh, simplest terms, or actually just get really detailed, the difference between an XLR cable and a DMX cable. <laughs> I think it's just important because, you know, you got different people that are like, just use it. It doesn't matter. Oh, boy. Okay. Um, I have another story about that one, too. Um, so XLR in general, they're the same thing. One is a 5-pin XLR. One is a 3-pin XLR. DMX is the transmission language that, that you know, you're sending lighting boards use. Um, but there's three pin DMX and five pin DMX, which is 
the stupidest thing that I've ever encountered in my entire life because we have something that only lighting used at 5-pin DMX and right. only sound used at 3-pin DMX. And then we said, hey, you know what? We don't use pin 4 and 5 for anything, really. It was always kind of a, a if we came up with a technology later, we're going to go to 3-pin. And everyone went, no! Um, and then it happens where I was working at a theater where um, someone backstage, and you know, in community theater and, and regional theater, there's people that think they know what they're doing. And <laughs> someone plugged a headset cable um, instead of into the headset pack, they plugged it directly into what they thought was where the headsets plugged into, and it sent uh, 24 volts up the line of the board all the way back to the board and fried the second universe of the lighting board. Oh. So we weren't able to use half the rig for the show because it fried that. Oh, wow. Yeah. But the theater got to upgrade their board to the newest version, which was kind of cool. What? Great. That's it, good to blessing hear. in yep. disguise. That's right. Oh, that's great. I'm going to go start plugging things in and out theater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See what you can get out of it. And that's the thing is that, like, you have some equipment, and I don't want to say it's, like, cheap equipment, because some of it is really good equipment that hasn't, that will just have three pin. A lot of the newer stuff, the professional stuff, has three pin and five pin, and you can choose which one you want to use. Um, but the three pin stuff... You know, everyone's like, oh, it's just XLR cable, and it's fine. And it does work. Like, you can use regular 3-pin XLR cable. But in a long run, all of a sudden, lights start to flicker, and things start to look weird. And that's where you're like, oh, I used the wrong cable. There we go. Now we know. They probably saved, like, 15 cents by taking pins 4 and 5 out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And It's supposed to be used for this. See, we're going to get technical. It's supposed <laughs> to be used for this thing called RDM. It's remote dimmer management. Okay. Um, so you can actually address a fixture when it's in the air without having to take it down or bring in the line set or anything like that. But nobody ever used it for a long time. Or you had to have specific uh, equipment that could do it. Okay. And now a lot of times if you buy a 5-pin DMX cable, the wires aren't there. They're not connected. So yeah. it's just 5-pin. They're just using some the three wires inside. Which which I'm fine with. Yeah. Because it's less confusing. Right. Like, I, I wish that was the case. We have a light that flickers every once in a while when brought to 100%. I wonder. Oh, I mean. If, if we, if, like, they, when they set it up, grab the wrong cable. I would not be surprised. There's a way to like, fix that. Is that right? Yep. You call in a tournament. Terminator. A Terminator? Terminator. Okay. It's not the guy, you know, in the metal suit. It's literally um, a little thing that goes on the very end of the DMX chain with a re 120 ohm resistor across a couple of pins. And it, like... If you think of throwing a stone in a pond and you see the ripples go out, when the ripples reflect off the wall, it all comes back, right? Okay. But when it comes back, you get that interference, and that's where the flicker happens. The Terminator stops that interference, so it stops the ripples from coming back. Oh, that's awesome. Look that's, at that. Well, yeah. Ryan. So wow. you're just going to start learning stuff. Ryan now. is stupefied. He did not realize we were going to get... This much as an education. Well, now no, all, all the actors and, and you know musicians that listen to the podcast are like, oh, I'm turning this off right now. Yeah, this, <laughs> one, more this, this one ain't for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, we have to bring him back. So you quick, <laughs> quickly say something controversial. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we don't want to do that. Oh, man. I have a full list of technical questions. It's great. <laughs> but, well, we'll save those. That will they're, be, they're, uh... they're, all for, they're all for Jared's next show. <laughs> you can always send me a message and I'll try to answer. Okay, okay, okay. Where do you live currently? Like up in Cumberland, Rhode Island. You okay, so you live in Cumberland, Rhode Island, yep. and you're the resident lighting director at Company Theater, yep. which is in Norwell. Yes. First of all, how long of a drive is that? It's only forty five minutes. Oh. Okay, See, that's I'm not terrible. Originally from Connecticut, so I'm not I don't have that Rhode Island mentality of anything over forty five right. minutes is too far. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, forty five yeah. minutes is right within that, you know. That's fair. Yeah, that's right on the cusp for me. That's like, yep. oh. Could, yeah. Couldn't possibly do it. And my right. kids have that problem, too. My parents live in Connecticut, and it's two and a half hours to drive from our house to their house. Yeah. And like, at one hour, my wife and my kids are like, no, let's get out of the car. <laughs> How did you end up getting involved up there? So in, uh, a yeah, friend of mine was a uh, marketing director up there for a little bit. And okay. when we came back from the pandemic, they were like, we don't have anybody. Can you come up? And at the time, we weren't doing any theater where I was. Yeah. So I was like, sure. And yeah, why said, not? They said, can you just come and do our next show? And I said, sure. And then it just kind of progressed until finally after like three or four shows, they were like, why don't you just be our resident designer? I was like, okay. Sounds good to me. That's awesome. Easy. Yeah. That that theater is super nice. Yes. Like it's really, really, I don't know if you guys have ever, have you been Never. There? Never. No, it's, you really, it's a really cool space. I mean, how many 
seats does it have? It has close to 500, doesn't it? Oh, you're asking me the hard questions. I think it might be a little bit over that. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't remember exactly, but I think and it's, it's a like little bit over that. And it's like an older style theater. That's the vibe that it gives off. Yeah. It's not like a black box. Like, it's a full-fledged, like, Virginia, it's a yeah. big, like, big space. Similar almost to Stadium Theater in Woonsocket. Yeah, Stadium's got a ton more seats. Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. Stadium's at, like, 1,800. I think company's more around... I think it's 802. I think we're 802. I okay. could be wrong. Wow. Okay. Which is still, I mean, that's that's yeah. crazy. That's a lot of seats. I like it because it's an intimate space and there's not a bad seat. And yes. it's because of the angle of the house, you, you don't get, you can hear everything. Mm -hmm. You know, even if, even if we're not running mics or something during a tech week, I can hear everything. I'm not trying to struggle to hear what somebody's saying on stage. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I saw Chicago there. Oh. And it was, it was the excellent. Band or the musical? Oh, uh, man, I wish it was the band, but it was the musical. <laughs> Chicago, the band. Let's just talk about this for a second. It's like so underrated, I think. They're still actively touring. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw them with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, yeah. Philip Bailey. Um, Hell yeah. Twice. Yeah. Great show. Yeah I, yeah, I bet it was. But like, I feel like they do not get... As much fanfare In as this they house, deserve. They do. Well, that's because you're a smart man. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up in Chicago, man. Yeah. Chicago is incredible. I'm, and you know what? I'm not going to go on a tangent, but I. You could. I you want could. To. Yeah. You could. Uh, and then another thing, this was sent to me today, and this is completely unrelated, but I needed to bring it up is that do you guys know that Jason Alexander, as George Costanza, Never won an Emmy. Huh. I, I Why do we think? Because I have a, I I saw this this morning, and then I thought about it. And is do you think it is? We're all Seinfeld fans, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, do you think it's because the character is so unlikable? I think it's because it's it's such an ensemble cast. And it's hard for them to take, you know, one actor out of that ensemble cast and give them an award. You know what I mean? Did, did no one in the cast ever win an Emmy? Michael Richards did for Kramer. Oh, really? And Julia Louis-Dreyfus did for oh. Elaine. Well, then I'm Jerry Seinfeld did not because he's a terrible actor. <laughs> but <laughs> hilarious. Yes. And it works. But, um, yeah, he never won. Huh. It was crazy. I thought that was absolutely crazy. <laughs> um, that's that's going to bother me for a little bit. He must bit. have won for other things, though. I saw that he had eight nominations and no wins. Because oh, wow. then I went down the rabbit hole I had to see. Oh, yeah. And he's got, he's got a, a couple of Tonys, right? I have no idea. What would he have won a Tony for? Oh, he directs. He's been in. He's been in. Uh, no, I know. Like, oh, I, what? What shows? He, like, I was. That's because I thought the same thing. And then I started thinking maybe, about maybe it. And I was like, I'll, I'll he didn't originate Max in The Producers. No. no. He took over, I think, in LA. Or something like that, but it was Nathan Lane. Yeah. So, like, I was trying to think, what is it that he could have done? And I can't. I just. I can't think about it. Oh my god! I, I, I almost just. I almost just switched him up with Tony Shalhoub. Oh yeah, Tony Shalhoub from Monk. Yeah, Monk. and yeah. Wings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's bad. I almost. And he was in uh, a band's visit. Yeah, that's yes. Right. That's and he, right. I think he won a Tony for yeah. that. I was about to say uh, he won for a band's visit. That was a phenomenal wrong show. Guy. Yeah, wrong guy. phenomenal terrific. show. The cool thing about that was that they took a moving light and they put it on a track. So there's a point when they show the passage of time and the sun like goes over. Oh yeah, it. it's one oh, moving yeah. light. Oh, I, oh that's cool. It's that's such a really cool, cool. Oh, I love that. That is so cool. And I'm glad that they brought it on tour with them because when I saw it at PPAC, they did it. And that's all I wanted to see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That's So you said you did lighting design for Fun Home. Yes. Okay. So I want to know for Bruce getting hit by the truck. Oh, yeah. How? Yeah. Because th th we had so many discussions about that. And we, I want to know how you did that. We changed it so many times, like oh, what we wanted to do. So I can't take full credit for it because that is one thing that I did take from the uh, the designer before. Because yep. I don't know if we talked about that during the break or if we talked about it on the air. But I had taken over during the pandemic when they had one performance and then they closed. 
and then they reopened and the designer couldn't be there anymore. So I redesigned the show. But the one thing I took was we actually had underneath the stair platform were two heating vents and um, they were like old style metal heating vents. And we took two Fresnels and put them behind the heating vent. And then when he gets hit by the, the bus, I did a blackout with just those lights. So the audience is blinded by the lights of the truck and nice. then it comes back up and he's gone. Nice. That's really cool. Yeah. Love it. We, we, we talked yeah. about something similar to that. Yep. Yeah. Like moving. We had something where in like her desk, we had the yeah. idea of having some lights in her desk and her drawing her desk, desk into the bus. Yeah. And track. having that cool. move at him. Um, we, had we thought a ton the car battery ideas. needed to power it would be a little much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the big issue. Was how do we how do we run power to it? But yeah, we had a ton. That that was a tough one. It's that that's a fun thing with lights though. It's like with sound for the most part. You know, if you're if you're trying to get creative with sound, of course you can get creative with sound. You could send sound anywhere you want in right. a room, and that's kind of cool. But for it, it can go over people's heads pretty quickly. Um, like I've I've gone to spaces with quadraphonic sound and like it was really cool to hear like oh my god something's behind me right, right now and like that was really cool and hear something move around a room that was neat but with lights like you really can get creative and people can recognize it yeah I like know? that's what I like is the problem solving we just did misery and um there's a point when you know she leaves the house and you want to see that she's leaving the house and in the script it says that you know you see the lights go across the window so. I took a couple of pars and put them at different angles on the window and then just made an effect where it would fade up the first one and then fade out the first one and bring up the second one. So it looks like the I car is it. turning. It's uh, those cool, yeah, realistic cool. things that you're that. trying to recreate that I love to do. Yeah, so would you say, and I think I, I kind of know your answer already just based on what we've talked about, would you say it's more fun for you to have a show where maybe your set is very much constructed and it's like maybe like a big rock show big rock set and the lighting is very involved but it's it's 486 cues of just like more rock lighting and effect lighting and just like boom 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 or would you rather do a show that's more abstract and the lighting maybe you don't have as many cues and maybe it's not as it's not as involved your lighting is really integral in creating a setting, and that's what helps the audience imagine where they are. What would you prefer? I prefer lighting, make you know, creating the set and creating the look. Because, like, uh, my you know, we're probably going to do this when we do the you know minute of whatever. Um, I forgot what it's called. Minute of the hardest the, minute. The in quick in, change. The quick yeah, change. That's yeah, yeah. it. The hardest minute in, in podcasting. Yeah. Um, my favorite show is Chicago. And I love lighting that show. I've lit it a couple times um, because the basic set of Chicago is just a box. It, the, the or when we did it uh, a couple years ago, we did it where the orchestra was in the box and nothing else moved. There were no other moving set pieces other than maybe a desk or or, or you know uh, stuff like that, chairs. But creating the different locations with lights was more fun for me. Yeah. Than having all these set pieces moving in and out, and like you said you know, 530 cues or something like that. Yeah. But, um, you know, just because I could put jail bar gobos on the ground and you know that we're in the jail. I can sure. change the color temperature of the room to make it look, now we know we're in the courtroom, you know? Mm -hmm. Or I can say, you know, we did, I did uh, Frozen Junior a couple years ago and anytime Elsa would walk on set on the stage, I would make the light just a little bit cooler mm -hmm. and colder looking. Anytime Anna would come in, I'd make it just a slight bit warmer. Nice. Just so you kind of, and you know, no one is really going to notice it but me. But if the audience feels that change, sure, it makes the show for me. I love it. I but, love it. And even if like one person notices it, though, right. that's got to be like a win for you. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. That's cool. I, I was laughing just because the way you asked that question. You're like, uh, do you like when your lights go big bang boom, or do you like when your lights really make a difference? <laughs> yeah, yeah. felt inside. So like, I you didn't really give him a choice there. I know, I know, I know. I mean, there, there. So for me, I mean, there is a lot of fun to a show that's rock, and right. it's right. just yeah, like, yeah. Ba -ba 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 -ba. you know, and you're just making these. I, I like that, honestly. 
personally, if I was designing lights, I think I'd have more fun. You, doing you have more oh, yeah. fanfare. I think I yeah. think I would. I think I had more fun working lights with with Spring Awakening than I did with right. um with uh fun home. fun home. Sure. Now Spring Awakening, a lot of it we did have to do that creating of scenes, right. isolating places, doing mm-hmm. and I'm not a lighting designer at all, but like I did have I think I had a little more fun with the like Sure. Just more effects and light, and it felt more like a concert. I, yeah. I think I did enjoy that. Well, I did shows... set the question up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those shows are a ton of fun, and I love doing those shows. We did uh, American Idiot a couple years ago, and oh, the, yeah. at the time it was like I did like 330 lighting cues, and I was like, "This is awesome. That sounds like a lot." And then we just did an original musical this summer where I hit 530, and I was like, "Okay, wow, that's, wow. that's a lot of cues." The, what was the musical? Uh, it's called Born to Do This. It's oh, about yeah, Joan of Arc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. It was it was a great experience. That's, That's super awesome. cool. Um, Zoe and Michael and Mel, who wrote and, and scored the show, and um, they've been working on it for like the last five years, and it was such a cool experience to see the passion that they had for it and then bring all those characters to life and to be a part of that. And Yeah, it's That's super pretty neat. Cool. Uh, tie up loose ends here. Jerome Robbins Broadway is what Jason Alexander won a Tony for in 1989. For, for acting? Yeah, he best uh, male lead actor in a, in a musical. Huh. Wow. Um, he also though. does have an Emmy for writing a song. Uh, his his writing team, they wrote a song for like a cartoon. What that, cartoon? Um, it's a, the cartoon was about how cartoons used to be anti-Semitic. Oh, great. But so he has an Emmy for that. Huh. Okay, congratulations. Okay. Yeah, wow. Sorry to uh, shortchange you there. Yeah. Um, so exciting news though, bringing it back to company theater, it guys announced your new season. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. We're, um, we're actually, we're finishing off this season right now, uh, with Cinderella. Yep. Um, that's in our, in our December slot. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, we're going to be doing Mean Girls Jr. in January. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and then we've got, I think somewhere in there. Oh no, wait. Next is Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. We're gonna do cool. that. In February. Oh, yep, yep. yep. Um, then Nemo Junior. Um, there's a show in the summer that I can't talk about yet. Even like they can't even let us advertise for it right away. Um, oh wow! That's a Tony Award winning show. Um, and then we're also doing Head Over Heels. Oh, that's great. Uh, I think that's in June. Wow, the that... other, other shows in August, and then in the fall, we've got a original play, I believe. Um, that's based on what about baby Jane? And then okay. we go back, um, forgetting what's after that. And then it's Christmas Carol in December. Wow. So yeah, we've what got a season. There's a, there's like, we usually do about eight shows a year, give or take. There's three adult shows and then the rest are teen and then junior shows. Our teens are like phenomenal. Yeah. We did Chicago a couple months ago. When was that? I've lost track at this point. And it was like, it was one of the best versions of Chicago I've done. It was great. The kids really? were amazing. Head over heels, uh, music. Wh- who's who's the music? The Go Go's. The Go Go's. Okay, yes. okay. I knew it was something like I that. I saw it on Broadway a couple years ago when it came out with uh, Bonnie Milligan. Bonnie Milligan. I always forget Milligan or Mulligan. She's in um, Kimberly. Kimberly Akimbo. Akimbo, yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's phenomenal. Yeah. Wow. That's super cool. The Go Go's have a musical. Yeah. That's. It's that's a fun. fun show, and it's it's based kind of like, it's almost like Shakespearean. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, but they're adding the Go-Go's music to it, and it's, you know, uh, two princesses, and one is infatuated with this, you know, you know, Prince Romeo-type character, and then this other princess is in love with her maid. And it's just like a really cool story, and... Okay. Yeah, it's really neat. That sounds really, uh, really cool. And that's going to be the teens, too, which is cool. I feel like that's an age group that... It's probably because most of like what we're used to here in this area, there's there's a lot of high schools with very um, active the, and competitive, very active and competitive programs mm-hmm. for yep. theater. So they don't. A lot of them, they're they're the teenage years. You're spent there, and you're honing your craft, and you're very much there. So we don't see a lot of opportunities for teenagers in mm-hmm. this yeah, area. Like we get like four up to fourteen and fifteen, and like. After 18. 
Yep. Like that yeah. 16, 17, and 18, we don't get a lot of people ever come out in that yeah. dream. So it's super cool to see a company that has something for them um, that they can get a different experience. Because I, I think there's something to be said about getting a different experience. It's great to have somewhere to go back to as like your your theater to hone your craft and your your educational theater. But I do think there's something to be said about going somewhere else and trying it and starting to learn like how to be a professional a little bit and going out to a theater and doing something and working with, you know, the, the lighting designer there and working with their person. And it's not the people you're used to at your home, Mm -hmm. you know? So you have to, you have to change up your tact a little bit. You have to become a little professional. And, uh, I think that's really cool. Yeah. The kids there and a lot of them have gone on to, to go to school for it. I mean, after that point, you know, um, I have, you know, the, kid max that's been my lightboard operator since i've been there now he's gone he went off to emerson to go do lighting design so and i was cool. like oh that's awesome like you're you're you know i got you excited about it. i mean he was a little excited about it before i got there but sure you know we've got other kids that are off at boston conservatory and uh stuff like that that you know that's awesome yeah that's what it's all about yep it's super cool to hear and the theater really hones like really promotes that like we're going to be as professional as possible we're going to get you involved we're going to um, bring in people that know what they're doing to get you excited about it. It's really neat. That's awesome. That is, yeah, that's great. Um, I think also, and I think we've spoke about this before, but just going off of what you said, Jared, as far as the high schools in this area have just like such a rich experience. Like they, if you're involved, you have like a really in like rich experience and you get and then i think that's also why a lot of community theater productions in this area are really good quality yeah as far as community theater goes because i mean i think what people like i know when i talk to people about oh man you know i'm doing a show and they're like and i'm like oh it's community theater there's just that negative Mm -hmm you know, sense that sometimes like, not, I don't know if it's negative or if it's like doubting, like they doubt the product that's going to be there. And then like, I'll be like, okay, why don't you come check it out? And they're like, holy shit. Like that was really good. Yeah. I think like, no, it's not always like that person. Right. Like mainstream media, television, like think back to the office when, um, What's his name is in Sweeney Todd, yeah, yeah, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. Like Toby. television uh, shows don't do us a favor. Right. Yeah. No. When, yeah. When you you're talk right. about you're community right. theater, you're right. It's, Cho- it, totally it, true. It's like they, it's a detriment, like because they find it as a, a fun trope to have some more comedy come out of it. Yes. So like, if if I have a friend who loves The Office, I'm like, hey, I'm in I'm in Rock of Ages in August. Do you want to come see it? Like, Ugh. yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I can't. Like, I'll go to karaoke with you. I'm like, well, how come you? Like, will come and hear me sing there. Right. But not come watch the show that is also telling a story and going to be a lot of fun. It's the same thing with things like Dungeons and Dragons. Like, you know, for the longest time it was, oh, it's a bunch of nerds in a basement. But then you see things like, you know, Critical Role where they're doing animated versions of of their campaign. Like, people are involved in it now and, and... I think a lot of that has to do with the internet, like, like, sure. say, you know, showing each other. It used to be like, <laughs> I'd bring in a DVD and be like, "Hey, you got to see this movie that I really like." But now you can say, "Go watch it on Netflix or go watch it on the internet," and it's there, and we're exposed to it. And it's not like, it's not a, I don't want to say bad thing. It's not a look down upon thing anymore. Right. You know, I, I think you're, I think you're hitting, you're, you're right on point here because. This is probably the first time in my life in the last year or maybe two years that I go on my like Instagram algorithm and my only exposure to like com- other community theaters prior to this was like fails. Right. It was YouTube fails. Right. It would be like, <laughs> yeah. it yeah. Be yeah. like down. a yeah. light falls down. Uh, right. This is the worst show ever. So everything that they'd have millions of views is the only thing you saw. It's probably been in the last two years or so that my algorithm and I'll notice, and these people have hundreds of thousands of followers where it's like, I'm a lighting designer and here's my design for this show. And they plug it into some kind of program and they're showing off their set and it's got thousands of 
of views and right. likes, and it's it's showing off how skilled someone is. And this person is not a Broadway designer. It's it's someone yeah. that is in Wisconsin, like working at their local theater. And then I'm seeing it with set design. People mm-hmm. are set. You, they're putting their set designs up, and it's getting traction. People are starting to notice it. So I think we're we're definitely seeing. Um, I think a, a growth in in quality local small town theater and I think it, it's going to change. I think people are mm-hmm. going to start their perceptions yeah. of what community theater is is going to change as it grows a little bit more in their it algorithm. It keeps going that direction. Yeah, and there'll always it was, be it was so fails. siloed before and like and, and this is like one of the things that a lot of the older people we talk to in this area complain about is that there are people who are just this community theater's people, and then that community theater yes. had their people. But as the internet, you know, kind of affected that in a way that I will travel to mm-hmm. Norwell to be in a show because now I can see that that's an option for right. me. Yeah, and, and it like it opens up the doors. But then I think it's the same way, not just physically, but the internet gives us a community of lighting designers, of sound designers, of set designers, so that we could share these things and just help the product just get better everywhere yeah. an awesome thing well and that's the thing too i you know part of what i like to do is you know for a while i did one theater because i that's where my friends were and that's where i was comfortable and it wasn't until i branched out that i was like oh i can actually kind of do this elsewhere i can make a little bit of money on the side that i wasn't making just being at one theater yeah because you know and i think a lot of it has to do with our generation you know like I didn't go to school for theater, but I got that professional experience. I got out there. Now I'm not doing it as a full-time job anymore, but I want to kind of keep it going. So I'm doing it, but I'm bringing that professional training to a community theater. Now we're doing a show that looks amazing in pictures, and it kind of ups the expectation right, for yeah, that right. theater. You know, Now we're trying to hit that high bar every time, and it with that, it brings up the talent like it brings absolutely. more talent in absolutely yeah you know there may have been people before who were like yeah i'm just gonna go have fun maybe i'll learn my lines you know we'll get there and the show will like i'm i'm there for the hang but i think that people can see that you, no 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 they're here to work right, right? like they yeah. they they'll their fun is almost secondary to sure. like putting a good product right. on sometimes and which makes it more fun to me like, yeah i cannot i cannot have fun doing a show until I know that the quality of the show is going to be there. Oh, yeah. And it starts with me. Like, I can't have fun until I know I have my shit down, basically, and then that I know everyone else does, too. Sure. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, yeah. Right, we're coming to the end. We are already. Yeah. Oh, wow. Which, which is crazy. That was fast. It, it was very fast. Is that Bef- bad? You're just kicking me out now, huh? Uh, well, you know. <laughs> oh no, I still have my list. My imposter <laughs> syndrome is really sitting right next to me right now. So, no, 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 no not at all. I so the last thing before we get into the quick change, I want to know now: is this your company, Blue uh, Blue Edge? Blue Edge Design. So yep. it's not so much a company as a group. Okay. Um, when, okay. When I was teaching lighting design classes for a while at a theater and. Everyone wanted to kind of do designs and get out there. And I was like, you know, I had left that theater and I was starting to do work elsewhere and I could not keep up with the amount of work that was I was getting called for. So I said, okay, guys, well, I was calling, you know, my um, associate lighting designer, Amelia, that's been working with me for, God, eight years now. I said, why don't you go do a show? Go out there, do a show. You don't have to help me all the time. Go out and do your own show. Um, and she was a little hesitant, but I helped her out. And I said, the first time you do a show, I'm going to assist you. And I did. Um, and she was super into it. And then someone else that was like, hey, well, I want to do a show. And I was like, sure. I, I was, I'm getting calls all the time to do shows. And I have to say no a lot because yeah. um, my wife would kill me if I did more than what I'm already <laughs> doing. Um, so I just kind of pass it along. And it's kind of this group of people that I like being around and like working with. And I'm comfortable saying that this is a good person for to do your show. Amelia right now, she's doing big at Pawtucket Community Players. Oh, that's awesome. They're asking her to do a couple more shows. You know, I have a a friend, Adam, who's a stage manager, production manager, who's traveled the world with with different companies to do different events. And he kind of, he puts on um, the Amp Music Festival in Woonsocket um, and stuff like that. And, And a lot of other big events 
Um, and we just kind of pass stuff around. That's awesome. Or it's kind of our little network of, of professionals. That's super cool. And I always say that we're trying to bring professional lighting and, and technical theater to community theater. Like we were talking about before, if, if we could bring that in to a community theater that doesn't have a lot of that or maybe wants to, then it raises everything up. Yeah. Yeah. And I think ultimately what, what that leads to is, is just better, number one, better quality, but a better, um, uh, let's see how to, how to frame this but like a better backing financially to theaters like mm -hmm. i could see people going like I, I could see state governments and local governments being like all right we can invest some money into these these community theaters mm -hmm. here to continue having higher quality right. because that's another thing we've talked about community theater is it's like this yep. because a lot of volunteers and you get a good batch of people in there who are motivated at the time but if you start getting people who are highly trained like you and you have this group of folks that are you know now you're spreading it's going to continue to keep that quality high mm -hmm. and then i think we're going to get to that point where maybe it's going to wave it's going to have a little wave to it but it's still going to be quality mm -hmm. you know so i think that that's a great thing um you mentioned your wife mm -hmm. she you said she was a performer yeah she still is she yeah. still is did she yeah. that was my question yep like i, I know with uh, uh three kids and and yep. you doing lighting design for a lot of places it might be difficult for her to still be able to have that time or split that up 100 percent. but does she do uh stuff often is she, she anything now she hasn't been doing stuff since just before the pandemic because sure. um, you know we added two more kids since the pandemic um but i'm trying to get her to get back into it she just actually did a fundraiser she sang uh, at a fundraiser a couple weeks ago oh that's awesome um, but she she um you know she's done a lot of leads in a lot of local community theater shows you know like i said she kind of did the new york thing for a while and then she i met her in hartford um she was the company manager for a theater that i worked at um, and then she left like a month after I started and I kind of followed her to Rhode Island. Um, <laughs> like she likes to say. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, she's an amazing performer. She was Belle when we did Beauty and the Beast. She was, uh, Reno and Anything Goes. Oh, wow. You know, she, we did Thoroughly Modern Milling a number of years ago and she was Millie. Like she's, oh my gosh. she's a powerhouse of a Great voice. Great What theater, um, uh, all of that was, all... all of that was stadium theater. Okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but now she's um, she keeps saying that I keep telling her like one of these days waitress is going to become available. Oh man! And as soon as that is, I'm going to tell I'm going to drop what I'm doing and tell her to go audition for that show. Absolutely, that's get out there and do it. Yeah, you got this. When she was in New York, her boyfriend at the time was roommates with Sarah Bralis's boyfriend at the time, <laughs> and they used to go and see her at clubs back in the day. And I'm always wow. like, you should go with the stage door. Like when we would go see waitress, you should go to the stage door. She might remember you. She goes, she won't remember me. You never, uh, you never know. You never know. You never know. But yeah, so she she needs to get back out there. She's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. I get That's it. Great. I totally get it. like the pandemic. I mean, I mean, obviously you have kids. Think there's there's elements to this, but I, there's a lot of people like even me who I don't have kids and stuff. From the pandemic coming out of it, like no desire to perform mm -hmm. at all. My girlfriend, she performed for a living, so that's what she did. She she works at Brown Medical School now, and I don't think she has a desire to perform at all. Mm -hmm. I don't think she wants to. I've done a lot of stuff. I want to be part of theater. I have that burning inside me still to go out and like actually be a part of it. But it's hard when I look at my girlfriend, I'm like, you don't have it at all. It's, it's not there. You don't want to perform at all. You don't want to get involved in the slightest. And she's like, no. Okay. Not at all. And I think the pandemic, I think that happened to a lot of people mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, obviously you have a family. There's there's more to it that's impacting this. But I think there's a lot of people that during the pandemic, they, it just was a part of their life for so long. And then the pandemic happened and it was gone. And I think a lot of people just don't have the desire to mm -hmm. go back into it anymore. I'll go, I'll go sweep the stage right. at the end of the night. I'll do that. You know, I want, I want to be part of it. I wanted to be part of it coming out of the pandemic, but I do get that it, it takes a while. Yeah. It's not something you could just like turn on. Right. You know, a lot of it for us is, you know, she always says like, you know, as a performer in community theater, she doesn't get paid. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me as a lighting designer, a lot of theaters will pay a little bit or maybe a little more or, you know, pay you enough to keep you coming back. Um, she's like, well, you're bringing an extra money. I'm, I can't bring an extra money doing that. So that's kind of where it's fair enough. Yeah. What, what's, what's your wife's name? Uh, Lisa Zanitti Palmer. 
Lisa Zanitti Palmer. Lisa, you got to listen though. Like (laughs) there's value to you enjoying yourself on stage. Yes. And like to be happy at home because you just did a show or you have a show coming up. You can't put a price on that. Mm -hmm. There we go. We're getting her back on stage. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's what this whole episode was about. <laughs> Just to get Lisa back on stage. <laughs> yes, Lisa Definitely. back on stage. That's right. <laughs> oh, She's going to murder me when we get home. <laughs> 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 but she made really good macarons. So. Uh, they're True. delicious. <laughs> so thank you so much for these macarons. Um, oh, it's macarons. Is, it's oh, macarons? Oh, yeah. Macarons are different. She, she's going to laugh because we explain this to people. Even our eight-year-old explains it to people. Um, macaroons, well, I know now. macaroons are the little coconut lumps. Oh, macarons yes, yes. are the French cookies. Oh, oh okay. Okay. Macarons. Macarons, the musical. Ooh. Okay. Well, actually, so for a while, and she still is, she kind of makes them and, and kind of like sells them to friends and family and stuff like that. And her company is called Melodious Macarons because she's, Ooh. you know, we're a very theater-centric of course. music family. Melodious Macarons. All right, so what was playing while these were being made? Uh, or what were you singing? I want to know. Oh, I wasn't singing anything. Um, but for Lisa, sits in the kitchen turning the lights on and yeah. off. <laughs> just for Lisa's there. usually waitress or something like that. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Great. Right. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, I feel like that'll motivate the taste of the macaron, of course. Oh, yeah, of course. That's science. That's totally it, yeah, they go hand in hand. That's right. They yes, they yeah, do. They do. Yeah. Um, well, here we are. You, you have been listening. I have. So you are prepared. Well, in a way. I mean, you're going to have to tailor it a little bit differently. Cause... No, same questions exactly. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, here we are. It's the everyone's favorite portion of our program. The end. Yes, the end. <laughs> um, the quickest minute in podcasting, the quick change with Dean Palmer Jr., now you know how it goes. So do yeah. you want to? Should I still tell you? You know what? For the listeners at home, yeah. go for I'll it. still tell. I'll I'll, I'll tell everybody we're because who knows? Of habit. We could. Yeah, we are. We're creatures of habit, and we could have some first time listeners. Where our, our listener base is always growing. So I'm told. Like a fungus. Yes, like a fungus. <laughs> we are often ah, compared. Okay. To a fungus, so I guess that makes sense. Um, Better than a flesh-eating bacteria. That's true. That is very true. true. Uh, So the quickest minute in podcasting, the quick change, rapid-fire questions, rapid-fire answers, in theory, and the the timer will start. You have one minute, and we'll start when I am finished with the first question. Are you ready? Sure. All right, here we go. What is the first show that you saw on Broadway? Rent. What is the next show that you would like to see on Broadway? Back to the Future. What is your favorite musical? Chicago. What is your favorite play? This is supposed to be quick. I can't think of one play at the moment. Misery. <laughs> I, get I it. just did Misery. Misery. Okay. What is the show that you are most proud of the lighting design? A recent Chicago. What is a show that you have not been the lighting designer for and you would like to? Oh, Waitress. Waitress. Okay. Who would play you in the movie of your life? <laughs> um James McAvoy, because I've been told I look like him. You kind of do look like him. I can totally see that. If you could not be a lighting designer and you had to be another role in the theater, what would it be? I would like to act, although I can't sing at all. That's time. Uh, Well, one last, one final question. Oh, boy. One final question. So now you have to choose what role it is that you would like to be and what is that acting role billy flynn in chicago <laughs> there it is i Great. can't sing i can't dance it doesn't matter but i it's I've gonna be a very different interpretation yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> he's gonna do it like the music man just I think, talky i think it's because one of the things that really got me this is kind of embarrassing one of the things that really got me into really loving theater was the movie version of Chicago sure. with Richard yeah. Gere. Okay. Yeah. And just the way he played it was just like, just cool. He was just he, cool. He, he did a great job. Yeah. He did. Yeah. That Agreed. Was, that was a good uh, movie adaptation. It yeah. was. It yeah. was. Well, that was the first movie ad- musical adaptation in a long time. In a long, long time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that kind of got the, the, the ball rolling right. again, I felt like. Yeah. yeah, no, that did. That was, what, 2003, I think? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was in college. So, no, wow. you're right about that because musical movies were like all the rage. Like, that was like the thing. Oh yeah, back Hair, in the, Godspell. Yeah, I mean, like for a long time, like forties, like Singing oh, in the yeah. Rain, like oh, all even of White Christmas, yeah, even yeah, White yeah, Chris, yeah. all of those, and then it kind of just went away. I seem, I, it, it kind of like went away in like the nineties, eighties, and nineties. Before that, yeah. Yeah, 80s and 90s probably. Yeah. Crazy. Um well, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we you appreciate know what though, this. Brian, one question that I you didn't ask and I love when you ask this question. Um before I I don't want to I don't I, I just want to know like for young lighting enthusiasts, oh, yes. how do they get into this? Oh what do you, how do they how do they go out and find Yeah, uh, parting advice. Yeah. Yeah, what, what how do they do this? Go find a local community theater, ask if they have a lighting person, ask if you can talk to the lighting person. If you live in a town where you have a theater that has road shows coming in all the time, look and see like here at PPAC we have shows coming in all the time. Some of the tours start there, so the lighting designers will actually be there. Go and send them an email. Lighting designers, for the most part, are really nice people and want to share kind of their knowledge. And you just send them an email and say, hey, can I buy a cup of coffee? Can I come sit in on tech? And they will let you sit behind them during tech. Uh, and wow. Just listen. Oh, wow. It's, it's the lighting designers I've met and talked to are, for the most part, again, like very receptive and very helpful. And they want, to, they want more lighting designers, you know? Um, yeah. Just ask. There we go. Call me. <laughs> yeah. There you go. We'll list your phone number. Don't worry. Yeah, don't, don't worry. do that. Uh, <laughs> well, Dean, thank you so much for being here uh, and being a supporter of our show. Yeah. Really, it's great. Um, I think, hopefully, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn here, but I would like to get you to work with us at some sure. point. That'd be great. Sure. Yeah. So. That would be great. Yeah. Answer the emails, answer Sounds the DMs, good. answer the texts, whatever. Yeah. yeah. We'll be in touch with that for sure. But uh, yeah, thank you again. Really appreciate it. And uh, any last words, guys? No, thanks. Really, this was awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> that was aggressive. That's and not very nice. welcome back to baseball talk with the boys. <laughs>